my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in today's Clark Rageous Moment, you know, people complain so much about what health insurance costs. Well, guess why? Because medical costs are out of control. I'll share with you in today's Clark Rage, a family that was charged almost $20,000 for their baby to be seen but not treated at an emergency room. And speaking of kids, coming up later, there's a new way you can stay in touch with young children that does not involve giving them a smartphone but is a phenomenal way for you as a parent to be able to communicate with your young child at any time. I want to talk right now about something I've already had more than a dozen questions about, and so I want to address it straight on. It is Amazon's offer to set you up in business to deliver packages for Amazon. Amazon faces a real cost crunch that with Amazon Prime having so many members in the United States who will order any old thing for free delivery now, Amazon's shipping costs have skyrocketed. And they're spending a fortune on UPS, FedEx, and the Postal Service. So Amazon, now in order to try to reduce those expenses is offering to set up people as Amazon delivery services where they lend you the money, essentially, to have your own delivery vehicles and you deliver for them at the prices that Amazon determines for you. And you are essentially an Amazon non-employee, a captive of Amazon. Now, Amazon says that if you have 20 to 40 vehicles out there delivering, that you could make profits of $75,000 or more up to a little bit more than a quarter million. So is this a fantastic business opportunity? No way. No way, because Amazon is doing this in a way that shifts the responsibilities and liabilities to you. And I want you to think about what they're doing here. They don't want to pay their own employees to deliver because they've discovered that's too expensive. It's too expensive for them to use UPS, FedEx, and the Postal Service. So there's not a free lunch here for you setting up your own business. There will be people that are successful at this, but there's so many roadblocks built into it for it to be a real profitable business for you to operate. Now, people may prove me wrong over time with this, but you'd get into their system where you're delivering in trucks that have Amazon all over them, the people you're delivering to are going to think you work for Amazon. You don't. 
You're just a contractor, outside contractor for Amazon. And it is a situation where the advantage almost completely flows to Amazon, not to you. Because Amazon's doing it to offload all the benefits, costs, and uh, every expense that would normally be involved for them providing their own delivery drivers, delivery trucks, and the rest, and instead making you their captive with the responsibility, but none of the privileges of being an employee. So I may be being way too harsh and too negative about it, but the more I read about it, the less excited I am about it as an opportunity for you. Jonathan joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely, Jonathan. You want to get rid of that nasty gram private mortgage insurance. <laughs> yes, I do. Tell I me do. more about your situation so I can see. I'll tell you, I, I should say this up front first. PMI calls are so confusing because they can turn and twist so many different ways. So I'll do the best I can to bring clarity for you. Okay, appreciate it. So my situation is me and my wife moved into our home in December. And um, as you can tell, the real estate market is doing really well. And a house a couple doors down from us sold for about 55000 more than what we paid for our house already. And then a lot of homes in in the in the neighborhood are selling at higher prices than what I need to be at the threshold. I mean, they're not selling, but they're listing. Asking, for that. right? Yeah. So I didn't know if it would be a good idea to get a reappraisal, or if I would just kind of be wasting my money, or if you have a yeah. So idea. generally, you have to wait two years from last December before you'll be allowed to appraise out of PMI. Okay. And you have to make every payment on time for the 24 months. And then if the values are in fact holding at a point that just by appraising out where you have to use an approved appraiser supplied from a list by your lender, and then if you do what they call appraise out, then you can have the PMI lifted. Okay. And then another option, we do have some money in the savings. When I first uh, was about to sign the papers with the builder, we had wanted to put some more money down, but we didn't realize that we were past the date. And he talked to the lender, and he said that we could possibly recast the loan. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I, I was wondering if... Tell that me that term again recast it's basically what he told me recasting the loan was is all the terms stay the same and basically you get a one time uh because the rates obviously are changing sometimes within the month the interest rates that you would keep the same terms of the loan but you get a one-time lump sum payment towards the principal Right. Now, with recasting, I just looked it up. The lender normally will charge you fees okay. for recasting. He, and Yeah, he didn't mention it. And so. not a lot of lenders will offer recast. And if you have an FHA loan, you're not allowed to. Well, you wouldn't be talking about PMI if you had an FHA loan anyway. Right. I, I have the conventional 5%. Right. 
So no, I didn't. So he didn't I don't mention know that there I, would be a, a, fee. a fee. Yeah, he didn't mention that. He may not have even known that, but if values have risen enough, or you find over this year that they r- continue to rise, you may be able to do a conventional refi that would take okay. out PMI. Yeah, that was my other question. If I find there's a a, a local company that uh, has been doing refinancing, and they in the past couple of months, and they offer no down payment. So I was wondering if you think that would be an option, or it would just be a bad idea because of the rates may be going up compared to what I originally locked in at four and a quarter. All right, so four and a quarter on a 30-year fix. Rates yeah. went up quite a bit earlier this year. They've trended down some, but you're mm-hmm. probably still going to be higher than the four and a quarter, so that's not really a viable option likely. Uh, you know, In my mind, what makes the most sense is just let this run a little while longer and then when you hit, you're not you're not a horrendous number of months away from hitting two years. Yeah. It may seem like a long way being 17 months away, but that's not forever. And yeah, well, we're hoping to snowball some debt here, so that's why we were hoping to gain that extra 130 back, you know. Right. Yeah. What other debts do you face right now? Um, I stayed at loans. I started out at 96000 but we were blessed to be able to stay with my parents while we were building the home, and we got it all the way down from when I originally borrowed. Uh, my graduation date was 2011, down to 45000 So Great. I mean, that's fantastic. You're making enormous progress with that. So, but now that we moved into the home, we have to kind of redo our budget and everything and kind of figure out where we are with how much we can pay because we, you know, weren't paying as much to stay with my parents. So sure, trying to figure out all those. But it, with uh, your mentality about how you want to extinguish debt, you're going to be fine anyway. And you said you have some cash available. You want to make sure you have enough that if you're really close to appraising out in a year and a half from now, or if interest rates decline again and you're going to do a refi, you're going to be able to refi without having PMI. In either case, you may have, let's say you're just 2% short of the 20% to be out from under PMI. Maybe you have that cash that you're able to put into it so that you lower your balance. But all these are good choices you have and with what you did, taking your student loan debt from nearly 100 to 40-something shows you have the mentality and the discipline that debt is not going to be a problem for you over the long haul. Cindy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Clark. Thank you so much for taking my call. Certainly. How can I serve you, Cindy? Yep. Well, I'm in the market to make a will, and um, I was wondering if you could give me um, some advice on finding an online will service. Well, I can give you my two favorites, but before I get into the ones that i like for you to consider, I wanted uh-huh. to ask you some about your personal situation, because if you have any of the complicating factors you don't want to do your own will. You want to have a lawyer who this is his or her specialty prepare a will for you. So first question, okay. do you make a ton of money? No. Okay. 
do you have a blended family situation with uh, his kids, her kids, their kids, anything like that? No, I'm single, and I just have one daughter that I want to leave everything to. All right. So you would be potentially an ideal candidate to do your own will, unless you own your own business. No, I don't. So you work for somebody, you have one child, uh-huh. uh, everything is is a pretty straightforward situation, then I w- can recommend to you that you consider uh, going to the website nolo.com, N-O-L-O.com. Okay. And look at uh, Quicken Willmaker Plus. Quicken Willmaker Plus. It is the okay. number one product that people use to do their own will. And it's mm-hmm. very inexpensive. I wonder what it is these days. I say very inexpensive. It's $69 right now. Although you mm-hmm. may find an older version that would be a little cheaper, I would make sure you get the most current. So is it software that you purchase and then you um, run it, or do you do it online, actually? Yeah, you download the software to your computer and do it on Mm -hmm. your computer. So you keep it there. Okay. The other one is to use LegalZoom. 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 LegalZoom.com. I've heard that one offered. I mean, I've heard it advertised, and I was wondering about LegalZoom. So LegalZoom involves a little more hand-holding. If you buy one of their more premium products than you're going to have with Willmaker. But with the circumstance you described, Willmaker is very well designed. It goes through a protocol of asking you a very good series of questions. And my attitude with any of these online wills is that if you get confused at some point, you need to stop. But if everything is perfectly clear that you're seeing it lay out your wishes exactly as you want, you're going to be just fine. Okay. Well, thank you. I sure appreciate it. All right. And you have a great day. You too. Today's Clark Rageous moment is just such a fair warning for you. It is so to the key of the problems with health care in the United States. We all argue about insurance and how we should do health coverage in the U.S., but that is addressing a symptom, not a problem. Here's the problem for you in today's Clark Rage. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So mom takes her baby to the hospital who fell eight-month-old son fell off the bed, and the kid, uh, they were just going out of abundance of caution. The kid is quickly checked out the hospital. They provide no treatment to the kid, and they're like relieved. They go home, and then later they get a bill from the hospital in San Francisco for 18000 $836. Can you imagine? You go in, they look at you, they say, yeah, you're fine. Have a nice day. 18 grand later. So this is the problem with medical is that 
we don't know what something's going to cost in advance. There are no price lists. And everything is about bill shock after the fact. And this goes to the heart of the problem with, unless something is clearly an emergency, going to a hospital emergency room in the first place, because even with insurance, you can end up with a big out-of-pocket. So know that in so many situations, going to a nurse in a box, like at one of the pharmacies that have the, the nurse practitioners, going to a freestanding care center, anything other than the hospital emergency room, except for something that's clearly, obviously an emergency, will keep your wallet from facing an emergency. Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. A hot thing this year is a retro thing with cell phones acting like walkie-talkies. And you're going to find that more and more, instead of sending somebody a text or instead of calling somebody, you'll send them a little short message by audio like a walkie-talkie. And it actually can be a big time saver. But what about kids? If you have young kids. They're too young, in your opinion, to have a traditional cell phone. You don't want them talking to strangers, but you want to be able to have your kids have the ability to communicate with you or you communicate with them. Well, Republic Wireless, which is been an incredible innovator and bargain provider, if there's such a term, bargain provider, I guess that works, of cell phone service in the United States, has come up with a little cellular walkie-talkie for kids. You have to pay them $7 a month, $6.99 a month for the service for your child to have, but your child can only call you as a parent and you can just, and it's, they just press a button and they're talking to you. Just There's no keypad like a normal phone would have. It's a little teeny disc that your kid can carry and you just put an app on your phone that allows you to do the walkie-talkie to your child. And... I don't know who those brainiacs are at Republic Wireless, but they, one feature after another, they come up with phenomenal stuff for cell phones and provide just regular cell phone service, generally so much cheaper than other people do. So good for them. Their typical plan is 20 bucks a month, and that includes five gigs of data a month. That's fantastic. And then this ability for you to communicate with your kids over walkie-talkie is really special because you don't have to try to make that choice. Is it okay to really give my kid a phone with a screen that anybody can reach them on or anything like that? You don't have to worry about that anymore. You can give a young child the little walkie-talkie disc. So on the issue of walkie-talkie communications... There's now a number of apps that you can use now that will allow you basically to walkie-talkie with people. Not, I'm not talking about with children. These things are free 
that you can add as apps. And I should put up a list on our cell phone guide, some of these apps that let you do the walkie-talkie thing. WhatsApp has added that as a feature, but there are some that are specifically just all about embedding a walkie-talkie into your phone as another way to be able to communicate. Bobby is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Bobby. Hi. Bobby, uh, your insurer wants to come do a home visit. Doesn't that sound wild? Yes, it does. And how did you find out they want to come do a home visit? Well, I received a um, notice in the mail um, telling me that they wanted to come and do a property inspection. And then actually just probably like an hour ago, I received a phone call um, reminding me that someone would be coming to take pictures of the outside of my home for inspection. Okay. Have you had any claims with this insurer? Never. Okay, I've actually experienced what you're being told is going to happen to you, and I had not had a homeowner's insurance claim, but I represent a, an enhanced risk to an insurer because of what I do for a living, and they're always nervous about insuring a home of mine. And so before I could even get insurance last time, I had to have a home inspection like you're talking about. Uh, usually what they're looking for, they're looking for things at your home that might uh, lead to a liability claim, like uh, even a trespasser getting hurt on your property. Do you happen to have a swimming pool? No, I do not. No pool. Uh, do you feel like your privacy is being invaded big time by this? I do. Okay. I actually I'm concerned because um, over the last few years, I have reached out to um, websites that offer homeowner assistance uh, in respect to uh, construction or repair or taking down trees. So I'm kind of worried that maybe that information has made its way to my insurer even though i've never made a claim so uh, if that's going on i've not heard of that before that that insurers are trolling through um, these data miners and finding out things you have inquired on the internet i've not heard any such thing and i would never with everything we've had go on with information and data breaches and all that I would not go so far as to say that nothing like that could possibly be going on, but it's not something that I have read or heard anywhere. Okay. So as, as, as far as them coming to inspect, what will happen is if there's anything their inspector sees as a real risk to the insurer, they will send you a notice not to can you as an insured but to ask you to make certain changes to make your home less risky for them to insure. Okay. So, and very well, they may come and say, everything looks great. Uh, the insurer who came to us made us, there was this uh, granite wall that was a little bit off the ground, and they made us add a fence to it, a little uh, wrought iron kind of fence thing to prevent 
any chance of somebody falling off over that wall. Okay. And that was the only change that we had to make. So, so when when should I be concerned? Uh, well, I want if if they ask you crazy stuff or become very demanding, I'd love for you to get back in touch and us talk about it again on the air because it'll be important for other people to know that as well. And I'd be able to give you suggestions based on what might result from this. Okay. But I would not freak out too much. Okay. Okay? Okay. All right. Best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Sure. Bye. And Robin is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Robin. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Robin. Good. What's going on with you? I wanted your opinion on, I keep hearing of these companies that um, let you invest um, as little as $500 into rental properties across the country. Right. And Um, and, so so the idea is you don't have to manage them. They identify the properties. They buy them. They locate tenants. They collect the rent. They do the repairs. And what you do is you just receive uh, money every month from them for being an investor or you have holdings that hopefully will grow in value over time. Okay, so what I wanted to know is your opinion on that type of investment. I don't like them. Okay, why? Because you're you're relying on an individual operator, and this is a big business right now in the country, and has been... Yeah, that's why I keep hearing about it. ...has been for the last 10 years. There are a number of organizations that went out, uh, raised money, went out and bought a lot of mostly single-family homes and have turned them into semi-permanent rental properties. And then the people involved with that, they want to get some of their money out and just be more managers of properties that they've acquired. And that's why there's all these solicitations to get individuals like you and me to buy into Uh these things. All right, so here's my problem with it. Usually you have to pay a significant upfront amount. Uh, often you have to pay a commission of 2% to go into these deals. And uh. that commission pays the commissions to whoever solicits you to get in to being a part owner of a rental pool. Okay. In addition, they charge you ongoing fees usually each year um, of one to two percent so you know you've got expenses involved with the property and they decide you don't get to control what they decide the expenses are of Mm -hmm. operating owning and operating the properties they decide what profit they think it's generated they decide what they're going to send your way and then on top of it you have to pay fees to get in and then you have to pay annual fees of typically a percent or more. Oh, so okay. okay. I, I don't like these from a small investor kind of standpoint. Right, right. And if you, okay. if you like the idea of being invested in real estate, you don't have to manage. Uh-huh. There are really inexpensive ways for you to do it 
through what are known as REIT index funds, R-E-I-T index funds. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard people talk about REITs in the past, real estate mm-hmm. investment trusts. Mm-hmm. But that's a much more transparent way for you to get involved. And the expenses of a REIT index fund are usually about one-tenth to one-twentieth what you would pay being involved in one of these private organizations. Okay, and um, index funds can be purchased through regular brokerage houses and uh, yeah. discount brokerage houses? Right, okay. exactly. Okay. Oh, that's well, that's perfect. I'd, I'd much rather um, go with your opinion. That's why I called. Well, and it is just my opinion, but I feel strongly that most investors end up with so many commissions and expenses you're paying in these private pools that when it's mm-hmm. done, and again, you have no control, you're stuck mm-hmm. and there's no easy way out like there is with buying a, a read index through a regular brokerage or through a, a mutual fund group. Okay. So that's my bias. And I, you know, I've said this for the last few years and I've never had anybody from the industry ever call and disagree with me and say why I'm missing the key point because I think they all know that for the buyer of these things there's a lot of disadvantages and generally you can check in it's like Hotel California you can check out but you can never leave this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance hey listeners whether you love true crime or comedies celebrity interviews news or even motivational speakers you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue right and guess what now you can call the shots on your auto insurance too enter the name your price tool from progressive the name your price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mike. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Great. Thanks, Mike. I understand you got a question um, for me about the new credit freeze law. Yeah, a few questions on the changes. I understand that with the change coming into play in September that there'll be no fees um, across all states. But I was wondering if there's any changes due to the special code that you get and with thawing your credit to... Um, allow lenders to pull your credit if there's going to be any changes with that. So the biggest change in the law is that one of the areas that's been a hassle is that in a lot of states, insurers were not able to check your credit without you thawing your credit. And that was a real problem because in most states, insurers set your rates for auto and homeowners based on your credit score. And so under the federal law, your credit can stay frozen and an insurer will still be able to check your credit. As far as the code you already have from the credit, each credit bureau issues you that, that thaw code, there'll be no change in those 
at all now. You know, each credit bureau will still administratively be able to handle the credit freezes in the way that works best in their internal system. And so your thaw code you already have for each bureau will work just as it did. The biggest so change is you're will, just not going to have to pay anymore. Okay, so you will now be able to have a lender pull your credit without you thawing it? No, no, no. Only an insurer. Only an insurer. Which was okay. a, which was a big uh, beef with how credit freezes work. So if you are applying for a loan somewhere, you'll still need to thaw your credit with the code supplied to you by each bureau. That will not change. Because the purpose of the credit freeze in the first place is to prevent somebody impersonating you from being able to apply for credit as if they are you. So the procedure is the same when you want to apply for credit. It's just you're not going to have to pay for the thaw that you had to pay for before. Okay, and I know that some lenders offer um, a way for you to give them your uh, code while you apply and that they can still pull your credit if it's frozen when you give them your special code that gives them access. I wouldn't do that. I would never do that. You know, whenever (laughs) I've had a situation where uh, a lender has needed to access my credit, I go on the credit bureau site myself and I thaw my credit because, you know, if you had someone who happened to be dishonest and they had your code, then later they could go back in, thaw your credit and impersonate you and apply for credit as if they're you. So the only one I want using that code is you. All right. And then I did notice that there's there's a lot of different FICO scoring models. For example, when I just applied for a card, I got my score back on that paper, and it varied within 40 points and, uh, along with my wife's as well. And I was wondering, is there a way where you can check what your score would be on different FICO scoring models? All right, so FICO has, um, there's, there's many different models for FICO for uh, getting a mortgage, getting a car loan, mm-hmm. uh, applying for credit cards. So all you're looking for with a FICO score is you're looking for a game of horseshoes. You're just trying to get close to having a sense, are you a top-tier credit risk, a very low credit risk? Where you are on the scale is what you use the score for. And it's a moving target, but a 40-point range is unusually large, which could be explained instead by differences in how what information is on each credit bureau report rather than differences in which FICO scoring model is being used. Just a guess. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.